This episode of Nevertheless is going to be a little bit different from the others. The podcast has been handed over to us, the students of School 21 in London, England. Nova Pioneer in Johannesburg, South Africa. And Blue Ridge Virtual Governor School in Virginia in the United States. In this episode, we've written and produced three stories about technology, looking at how it has impacted our lives in different ways. We'll look at how technology has made pupils, teachers, and parents' lives easier. How it's changed the way we understand the news. And how it has made living in our own town quite terrifying. This is Nevertheless, a podcast about learning in the modern age. Each episode, we shine a light on an issue impacting education and young people and speak to people creating transformative change. Supported by Pearson. Hi, I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Serena. We're from School 21. As two teenagers growing up on social media, we wanted to know what it was like to get news both on social media and outside of it. Earlier this month, Serena's internet went out and couldn't access anything online. So not being able to get any of the news, we wondered what would it be like to get the news back in the day when there was no social media? We spoke to some people who didn't grow up with the internet and wanted to know how they got their news. Hi, miss. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what world event had, like, the biggest impact to you back in the day? (laughs) Okay, so one of the most significant world events that I remember happening was Mm 9-11. So it happened when I was in year 12 uh, and I was in an English literature lesson when it happened because... I remember one of the English teachers bursting into the room and telling the other English teacher that some planes had hit the Twin Towers. Um, I'm not really convinced that any of us knew what the tin- Twin Towers were, uh, but we knew that planes crashing into buildings did not sound good, and we just knew that it was this huge thing. Yeah, so when, when we went home, it was really interesting because um, at this point in time, you'd go home and it was just news on every channel, you know, like or the BBC and ITV at least, it was just rolling news coverage. It was just picture after picture of, you know, well, videos. My friends, like, everyone had mobile phones, but we didn't really have, like, the internet on our phones back then. Oh, so wow. people were kind of, like, texting each other and stuff. You could get the internet, but it was, you know, but it was quite convoluted and mm-hmm. it wasn't really, like, colour screens and stuff. So a lot of it was from the TV. What about and newspapers? Then, yeah, newspapers. Mm-hmm. So, like, we used to have a newspaper delivered every day, which most people did. Um, how did you know that that information was accurate? Did you have any idea it was accurate or did you just take that information from the people you knew and was just like, oh yeah, that happened? Um, well, I think my main source of information was probably the BBC mm-hmm. um, and I would consider them to be a trustworthy source. Over the next few days, all the conspiracy theories and stuff started to come out. Um, and so in terms of working out the whys of the event as opposed to the what, like that was quite difficult. To, to find useful or trustworthy information on. But so even t- things like Wikipedia didn't exist at that point in time. So I, like when, when I was in primary school, we used to have a set of physical encyclopedias at home, and if we had homework, uh-huh. then we would go... So how big were those books? Were they, like, that big? Oh, so they were, like... Oh, no. They were, like, oh, almost, wow. like, giant cookery book size, if you're uh-huh. trying to visualise it, and they, were, they had black covers, mm-hmm. and then the first one was, like, the letter A. So mm. anything you needed to look at the beginning of the day. Oh, no. And then there was the letter B. That must be really time-consuming. So do you think, like... Um, the way we get information now is better than how you did it before. Like, oh, it's so much more accessible because those books were really expensive as well. Mm-hmm. Like, so um, a lot of so there used to be sales reps that went round with the Encyclopedia Britannica books, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, if, par- if people could afford them, they'd buy them, but they'd often, you know, they'd pay for them monthly over several years because they were uh, so expensive. Mm. And I've got, you know, like a really strong memory of them being in the bookshelf in our house and you'd, you know, go and sit and you'd look stuff up. And Oh, my gosh, that is so time-consuming. Yeah, um, but now you can find anything out really quickly, but you need to be a bit more savvy about, mm-hmm. you know, is it reliable? Can I actually trust this? Is this fact? Is it opinion? Mm. So um, when Miss Davy was talking about the fact that she had newspapers delivered to her house, we were like, oh, that is really weird. So uh, we decided to have a go and buy a newspaper ourselves. We never, <laughs> we've never bought a newspaper before and we wanted to know what the experience was like. And the experience was very interesting indeed. So what were we getting? <laughs> yeah, £1.60 though, seems a bit extortionate. Okay, why is the time £1.60? I can get two songs with The that. Guardian's £2. Okay. The Daily Star. Okay, that's brilliant. Shrek Dwarf, six foot tall. Great. The Morning Star? What do you think about The Morning Star? No. No? It's a bit boring. Yeah, it does look a bit boring. It's like pictures. <laughs> what about the new recorder? Well, that would just be the local news. Is it free? A pound? No, I'm good. And the sun is just boring. Uh, the, oh, here's The Guardian. Yeah, but it's like £2. Why is it so expensive? This is why people can't get news, because no one's going to pay £2 for that. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want the Financial Times? Imagine buying the Financial nah, Times. Nah, it's a bit big. It's a bit too big. Fair enough. Okay. The Daily Mail seems good. Yeah, 70p. Isn't Daily Mail right, Grab well, it's it. cheap and it looks... Yeah, it's cheap and it looks good. Yeah, let's get it. We ended up choosing the Daily Mail, brought it back to school, and... Spent some time looking at it. Um, <clears throat> can Megan really be filming a Scottish widow ad? I, I think it's talking about how Megan's meant to be like a, a princess of sorts or a duchess now, and she was meant to give up acting, so it's a bit weird for her to be playing such a, a role in an advert. Right, and then second page... Um, <clears throat> babies are still not safe at Scandal Hit NHS Maternity Unit. Just an observation. It's a lot of information. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess. It's not really pleasant to read. It is very overwhelming. From something that you can look at on your phone that is a couple of paragraphs and easy to read, to this, which is a double-page spread. And they've typed it vertically. How, how am I supposed to... I usually read across the page. I have to read down. And then there's a gap, and then it's down, and then there's a gap, and then... I'm not going to read any of those columns. <laughs> it's so long. What do you think, Hannah? 18 is too many yep. for a story that could probably be condensed into a single page. Okay, oh, all right. So there's an advert right in the middle of a story. But I suppose you get that on your phone as well. If you're on a website, there's always adverts. But this is taking about like more than a quarter of the first page. And then there's another advert on the next page. And it's also kind of, still it takes away from the story. Yeah, so something interesting I noticed is that whenever there was a point they wanted to make about the story, they would use very strong and opinionated words. Talking about Brexit, they use words like doomsday or ap- apocalyptic. You know, it's like stuff out of a movie. It's very, it's very opinionated. Um, most of the news is very opinionated. There you go again, another example of dramatic language. So this page, the headline is the final betrayal. Or just the layout of the page. Oh my gosh. So front cover is saying that it's suggesting that she's breaking the rules somehow, um, going against her role because she's not supposed to be acting. 
And um, just the way where it says can Megan really, really, really capitalised. Really, yeah, really so is capitalised. It's here. like the outrage that she's doing this. And then the moment we turn to the spread, it changes to remind you of someone, Megan the Hooded Beauty. And the first sentence is, she looks like the iconic hooded figure from the Scottish Widow's adverts. Wow. And even <laughs> the, the line underneath it, Meghan Markle is not, not shooting, shooting a commercial, commercial here. here. So they've just I don't completely know, maybe lied. it's the online equivalent, um, no, the physical equivalent of clickbait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they've literally clickbaited us. From 2015. 2015. <laughs> so it's completely misleading. That's amazing. <laughs> Crazy. That's what, we pay, that's what we pay 70 people. If I had to pay £2 for The Guardian to get accurate news, who knows? Who knows? That was on the front page. This is the female section. They have a section for... A lot of fashion. Uh-huh. A lot about being a mother. Childcare and a stuff. A lot about the home. Uh-huh. Budgeting. Buying Cleaning stuff. products. A to Z of gorgeous Just gifts. Just gifts for under £5. So after doing this experiment of going out and finding a newspaper, buying it and reading it together, how do you feel about it? I've learned, I've learned, I'm not going to buy the Daily Mail. <laughs> I don't know, that's, that's a bit biased, but I'd rather just stick on online news. Headlines were too big. They were really obnoxious as well. Um, just being overloaded with information, you know, there's, there's too much. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Big pile of adverts in between the stories, so it's not really pleasing to the eye. And it's expensive. I would not spend 70p on that. I'm oh, sorry. Difficult to read as well. Yeah. You know, you're going from story to story and nothing is really in any type of organised way. The biggest issue we had was the Meghan Markle story. Online, if I see something that's clickbait, I know it's clickbait because it's from an unreliable source. Like, it's usually from, like, those really small independent news, news companies or those companies that when you click on them you get a virus or something but this is the daily mail like it's so widely recognized i wouldn't expect there to be um clickbait my name is ethan labelle and i'm from uh, louisa county high school in the blue ridge virtual governor's school uh my name is justin mundy i'm also from louisa county in the blue ridge governor's school program and i'm sophie ashburn also from louisa county high school in the blue ridge virtual governor's school this is a realistic, hypothetical story about what could happen in the event of a nuclear power plant meltdown. We chose this topic for the story because in the community that we live in, we're actually quite close to a nuclear power plant that provides electricity and that sort of thing for our town. So the possibility of like a meltdown actually happening is something that we all kind of relate to and we could experience sometime. Another Wednesday. The sirens have become more routine the longer I've lived here. Hey, real house test. You went all right. The stupid alarm is really distracting, though. Yeah, I, f- I feel that. You know what's for lunch? No idea. Let's find out. Ooh, Chinese food. Easton, it's not even good. This was weird. They never test twice on the same day. What's going on? Easton, Elliot, do you know why the alarm is going off again? Students and staff, 
Implement Protocol 21-4. The buses will arrive momentarily. Protocol 21-4 only meant one thing. So, the alarm is real then? I don't need a second invitation to go home. This is real, bro. Let's go. Yuna, do you need a ride home? You have a car? Yeah, it's not much, but it'll work. Yo, dibs on ox. Yeah, you can have it. Do y'all think this is real? Like, is driving home even enough? I don't know. Uh, I heard that nuclear fallout radiates something like uh, 18 miles within the first few hours. Yeah, and where'd you hear that? Uh, Reddit. But I also heard that we need to be inside. Nuclear fallout can kill. Being outside means you absorb more. You can't believe anything you read on the internet anymore. Well, let's just go home then. Uh, Yeah, let's do that. There's so much traffic. To be fair, everyone is leaving at once. Do do either of you have service? I'm, I'm out of data and I need to know if this is real. Yeah, here you go. It's real, and it's everywhere. All of the news sites are reporting it. What are they saying? Nuclear explosion in rural United States believed to be next Chernobyl. No way. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I guess that means no school. Perfect. What do we do now? Did you actually just crash the car? It's not my fault. He's slamming on his brakes. Idiot! Hey, calm down. It's not like there's a mass of nuclear fallout chasing. Oh, wait, there is. Shut up. We'll, f- we'll figure this out. Hey, kid, what's wrong with you? You just smashed into my car. Hey, calm down, man. There's a lot of traffic. I don't care that you're sorry. Do you know what's happening right now? Yep. And that's why I'm done talking to him. So, what's the plan now? Um, I mean, my house is like a mile away from here, so maybe we could go stay there for a bit. I'm not leaving my car here. Uh, you might have to, Ethan. I mean, this is no joke. Dude, my mom would absolutely kill me if I left it here. I mean, can it, can it still drive? We can... we can try. <laughs> okay, seems like we're good to go. Are you sure? Yep. Thing hasn't failed me yet, right? Yeah, but you did just plow it into the back of the pickup truck. Elliot, forget about that. Friends, this is Bob Hope. If an atom bomb were to hit your home city, would you know what to do? Guys, what if there's nothing left? What do you mean? Like, we're going home, but what if it's already too late? This whole area could be affected too much. Don't think like that. No, I'm serious. Everything that we know is going to change. And if we're going we're gonna to have to leave. There's no way we can stay here. Yeah, yeah, and, and everybody's not going to survive. Yeah, don't remind us, please. I, I don't feel so good. Whoa. Elliot, your nose is bleeding. Is it, is it really? Yeah, like, how did you not... It's really bad. Does, does that mean... No, you'll be fine. We'll figure this out. Yeah, let, let's figure it out fast. 
Yeah, uh, here, I'll check online. Um, I found a website that says spontaneous bleeding is a syndrome, uh, a symptom of acute radiation syndrome. <sighs> that doesn't sound good. No, it really doesn't. We need to get you to a hospital. Yeah, and what hospital? Everyone is gone, and even, even if we did get to the hospital, there would be nobody there. Well, we have to try. Guys, my shoulder. Oh my god, it's it's so red. Did, are you sunburned or something? No, I I don't I don't know what's wrong, but I mean, it can't be good. We don't have time. Just look it up online real quick. We need to hurry. Well, on the same website, it's talking about radiation poisoning and. And. Uh, Ethan's the only one of us who hasn't shown symptoms yet. It's The page says that Elliot and I are probably going to die within the next two weeks. What? No. We're going to get you guys fixed up. We'll stop at my house, grab some stuff, and then we'll get straight to the hospital. Alright, Yuna. Run upstairs, grab some blankets and pillows from the closet. We're probably going to need those. Elliot and I will grab some of the emergency gas, get to the hospital. Alright, let's go. I'm gonna grab some grub, bring it along. Yuna, make sure you got everything. Ellie, you in the car. Okay. Yuna? Yuna, are you okay? Yuna? Are She isn't breathing. She isn't. She can't be. Yuna. I'm sorry. We weren't fast enough and now... I can't bring you with us. Where, where are Easton? Where's Yuna? Did, did she get the blankets? She... She just saw her parents. We're gonna head up to the hospital and get you fixed up. Okay. I think I'm gonna take another nap. Elliot, you cannot, under any circumstances, fall asleep again. Remember, Yuna said it was a symptom of radiation. Just hold out, we'll get to the hospital, you can sleep all you'd like. Okay. Wake up. Elliot, I swear to God, if you die, no, I, I will kill you. Elliot, no, I didn't mean it. Elliot, please, no. Man, come back. Dude, no, don't be dead. I checked into the hospital that evening with a dead friend in my passenger seat. I said I was lucky to have gotten away, carried away Elliot in the bed sheet. For hours, they told me everything would be all right. They released me the next morning, and I thought everything would be fine. I woke up two weeks later with a killer headache and a bright burst of blood running down my nose.
So we knew that this topic itself, uh, it's very difficult to bring humor into a topic so dark as this. And we definitely wanted to leave an impact on the listener about how real this possibility is and what the consequences could be. But I think we also are all aware that humor can bring any story, no matter how dark. Humor always augments that story and makes it more enjoyable uh, for both the actors, the writers, and the listener. So we definitely wanted to add humor in to make it more enjoyable around the board. We all, we all play video games, and one of our favorite games is actually the Fallout series. So living so close to nuclear power plant and being fans of this game, our minds are just, just jump easily to the topic of nuclear power and energy, especially when uh, granted with a possible negative impact of technology. So I think it was pretty clear from the beginning what we really wanted to do. Uh, we just had to figure out how we wanted to go about doing that. So in this story, we were trying to show how technology can let you down in more ways than one. Of course, the main way we were showing this was with the uh, nuclear meltdown, but we also tried to show this in uh, little other ways throughout the story, like when the car crashed and broke down, or um, when the phone couldn't get service, and when they were trying to find symptoms of radiation and what was going on and how they didn't know if that information was entirely reliable. So we chose everybody to end up dying in the end just because I feel like the death of a character really makes you think more about it because as the story goes on, you can become attached to a, to a character, especially like a humorous character such as Elliot. Uh, that kind of humor kind of ties you to that character, and you usually turn to them for comedic relief, but once you get towards the end of the story and he passes, then you don't really have that to turn to, so it kind of leaves that void that makes you feel that uh, something's definitely gone wrong. Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> This next story comes from the students of Nova Pioneer in South Africa. They speak to a teacher and students about how technology has changed their lives in different ways. So how are you doing, man? I'm good in you. One of the first questions was like, how has technology helped you in your teaching or like benefited you? Well, I've discovered a lot more things than what my 90-year-old English teacher would have discovered. Um, it's, uh, it's made it a lot easier to sort of facilitate a lesson. Um, and it sort of does the lesson for you. It, the lesson writes itself yeah, with technology. Picture, picture. So, okay, okay. So it kind of makes it like fun in a way also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And more interesting. Um, people are more engaged in a lesson. Um, then they would be if there's a textbook right in front of you and just flipping through it. You know? makes, 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 makes. And um, so would you say that if you were born in... Yeah, if you were born in the time that you were born in, you would prefer it if you were taught with technology rather than the way you were taught before? Yes, but there, I wouldn't like let go of all the methods, but definitely I, I would have... It would have benefited me a lot more. Mm. Okay. So like... Like in class, like you know, you have like your students, yeah, obviously, students. So, I wanted to ask, like, 
does it increase the bond like between you and the students or yeah. Um, I feel like not necessarily. I think technology is just like it's like a wall between you and the person and to be very honest, it sort of dumbs down relationships, especially between you guys. It does. Like you guys are always face down and your personalities are fantastic on the phone and on and and, and when you're using technology and chatting. And next thing you meet the person, they're as bland as a provita a biscuit. So like, I don't understand. <laughs> like for me, that it doesn't help. In that way, it doesn't help you build your your personality, and it doesn't help build bonds. But it does help you get information. Okay. So like, I know, <clears throat> like, I was born like in the 2000s. You're probably born in like, I'm not sure mm-hmm. the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, um. Has like a student ever like tried to outsmart you using technology? Definitely. Or, like, what have you done about it? Not a student, but my ten-year-old cousin. I guess yeah, because we use Chromebooks and the technology of Chromebooks themselves of, yeah. is very limited. So there's not much um, really outsmarting I can speak mm-hmm. of. But my cousin, he's ten, and it it feels a little bit like mm-hmm. um, I get you, man. yeah. Oh. I'm very behind. Okay. Um, thank you. I think I'm gonna hand it over to Am. Alright, Amu is going to be interviewing a student and we're going to be getting a totally different perspective from what our teacher Ms. Gigi said. And so I hope you guys yeah, I hope you guys actually no, gained thank you. some yeah, really some insights on what the teacher thinks. So here thank we you. are. Amu, please introduce yourself. And Hi guys. The person so you're interviewing. I am Amu, and I will be interviewing Jabu here, who is my friend. So Jabu, how are you today? I'm great. I'm awesome. That's good. So technology has changed the way we live, the way we shop, the way we go to school, and the way we interact with our family and friends. How can you use technology more effectively? I may think um, the most crucial thing is that we use technology for the right reasons. You know. In everything that we do, um, if that's communicating or doing your schoolwork that most of us do, I think mm-hmm. the most effective way now we can use technology is if we use it in the right ways and for the right reasons and oh, also you, at the right you. time. So what would be the right reasons and the right time? Like give an example, like spice it up right now. Oh yeah, by the way, Ganani means a little. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, what I mean by right reasons is, um, Okay, um, I think technology has brought up an issue that's called cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. So when I mean right reasons, it's talking good things, you know, spreading good energy and good vibes to people and not bullying people online, is, which is something that technology has brought about. But um, despite all that, I think there have been effective measures that have been used for technology. But if we can spice it up even more, I think it's us using, being, being more appropriate on technological platforms if you want to say. Okay, so like what are the three ways that like technological devices can play a role in forming or maintaining a relationship? (laughs) Uh, First and foremost, I think it's communication. You know, technology has allowed us the opportunity of speaking to people even not even if we're not with them in person. So I think that's one way it does maintain relationships and also uh, technology helps us to send money to each other. No, mm. no e-wallets and whatever. So, one. 
So, bro, as a teenager, what are the effects of technology on you, bro? First and foremost, I think negative effect that it's had on me is that it's taken my time. It's very time consuming. Um, second being, you get a lot of influence influences on social platforms and like apps like Twitter and Instagram. You know, people end up going through a lot of things like depression, low self esteem, and anxiety, and all those bad mental diseases because of seeing other people on these technological platforms being better than them or just aspiring to be someone else. So I think the the influence that it brings in a young person in a young person's life is may not be as good as everyone thinks, but uh, and like yeah. any positive effects. I know you mentioned the negative, but any positive positive effects is simply because it makes life easier. Man. Like without technology, um, we would be living in the in the last hundred years where there wasn't things that could make. Like, like, can make, transportation. like transportation, like communication, like technology has just made everything faster. And so I think we would be slowing down a lot if we didn't have technology these days. So I think a positive effect may be that, that it makes things faster. And also this helps us communicate with people easily, which is what I think is very important in life. Okay, so Jabu, do you think technology can eliminate poverty? If yes, how? If not, what are the alternatives? Wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, I don't see any direct links between technology and poverty. However, I do think that I don't think you can eliminate poverty because I think poverty is it's more deeper than just any, any type of technology. So the more technology advances, um, the more people get exploited, the more natural resources are used, more raw materials are used. So it has a very bad toll on the earth and uh, the environment that we live in. So no, I don't think technology can eliminate um, poverty. Probably even worsens it, but but yeah. yeah. I get you. Okay, so like this is the last question, last but not least. <laughs> How can technology be used for learning? For learning? Yes. At Nova Pioneer, we've got apps such as uh, Google Classroom at our disposal. We've got apps such as Google Slides, Google Docs. Websites so like Khan Academy as exactly. well. Exactly. It, it just makes more sense for young people to engage with technology, technology in that way in their learning because I think it makes, makes things more fun. See, it makes things more fun. Um, people tend to learn quicker when they're using technology. Um, it's mm-hmm. more it's more engaging than just having a book and a pen um, at your disposal. It makes things more interesting and also shares more information. So I think in that way we can use technology in education. I also think there should be more improvements though in the way that some of these technological apps use in education. However, I think at the at the rate that it's being used at the moment in that sector, it's quite good. And with the smart people that we have in this continent, in this country, mm. in this whole I get world, you, I, I get think you, it will just get better. Most definitely, bro. Yeah.
Yeah, so I just want to thank both of you, Amu and Jabu. Really appreciate your opinions. It's really awesome to hear like the teacher's opinion and a student's opinion. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Nevertheless, is a Story Things production. Series producer is Renee Richardson. Executive producer are Nathan Martin and Anjali Ramachandran. This episode was produced and written by the students of School 21, Nova Pioneer, and Blue Ridge Virtual's Governor's School. Additional sound design by Jason Oberholzer and Michael Simonelli. Supported by Pearson. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information, go to nevertheletspodcast.com. This week's unsung hero is pharmacologist Tu Yu Yu, who was part of a team that discovered the most effective treatment for malaria today.